Open your heart to the reading of the birth of Jesus the Messiah. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us join our hearts in You, O God, have already given hope, and we come this day seeking peace. Peace within our very souls. Knowing that that peace is not always the absence of conflict, but it is the presence of Christ within. Come, Holy One, be born in us. Through your love, through the words of your servant, through the hope of God. It is in that we pray. Amen. While a large majority of the world celebrates Christmas as a time for family and a time to spread goodwill toward all people, the church knows the origin and the real reason for this time. Yes? It is a time for family and friends to come together. And yes, it is a time of seeking goodwill for all humanity. But these are the results of the real reason. The foundation for the whole season. This is the celebration of the coming of the birth of Jesus the Christ. God incarnate. A child got that. He'd already written his letter to Santa, put it in the envelope, posted it, put it in the mailbox, and out of it gone. But he also believed fervently from all his church upbringing that he'd better write Jesus, too, just to cover all the bases. And so he wrote, Dear Jesus, I just want you to know that I've been good for six months. Then it occurred to him that Jesus would know that wasn't true. After a moment's reflection, he crossed out six months and wrote three months. He thought some more, and then he crossed out months and wrote in weeks. I've been good for three weeks, his letter now read. Remembering the great teaching of his Sunday school teacher, he understood that Jesus would probably know better than that. So he put his paper down, went over to the nativity set, and sat on the table in the living room, picked up the Mother Mary, wrapped her in a beautiful, soft linen cloth from the dining room table, put her under his mattress comfortably, went back, got a new sheet of paper, and wrote, Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again. <laughs> While we may not be so naughty, Oh, Mary hostage. 
naughtiness in all of us. And because of that, we can't really seem to find peace when we remember those naughty things we've done. And we need to find peace. We need help in finding peace in this specific day and this specific time. Jesus comes to help us. Jesus is the emphasized version of the Greek version of the name of the Son of God, which we talked about last week being the Messiah. The Hebrew is Yeshua, a shortened version of Yehosha. It comes from the personal name of God in Hebrew, which we know as Yahweh. And the word is to say or to deliver. Yeshua, therefore, means God saves, God delivers, God helps. Jesus' name then points us to the role and purpose of his incarnation. He came to be God's deliverance, God's salvation for all of God's children. Each time you and I speak the name of Jesus, we acknowledge that he is Savior. Deliverer, helper, rescuer. The name of Jesus appears in Scripture 1,600 times, making it a clarion call for the nation, for the people of God, for a Savior who will deliver and rescue and help them in this way. But this child, this little baby that is to be born to Joseph and Mary, this one is to be named Jesus. What will he save us from? I know that many of you, like I, grew up in kind of very strict backgrounds, and you may have heard the phrase, and someone may have said it to you maybe just the other day, are you saved? It's usually said with lots of superiority and egotism. And when I was growing up and went to that independent, primitive, private, Baptist, Christian school, I was always asked the same question. It was phrased a little differently, something like, hey, you, you Methodist, are you saved? And I knew if I didn't say yes and give a day and a time and a moment, I was in some deep trouble. The sarcastic side of me that does exist, I know you probably have never seen it, wanted to say, Save from what, you fool? From you? <laughs> but that was 15 merits and attention. So I didn't say that. I wasn't rude. I came up with the date, time, and the reason. For many, it is a very memorable, true statement that they know the day, the time, and what they were thinking, what they were doing when Christ delivered them and God's grace was evident. They have that date, that time, that place. A one and done But for the majority of us, we use a different kind of language and a different way of experiencing that. We're no less saved, and we understand that this is a lifelong journey. Salvation happens through our whole life, and Jesus is present to make us reach to it, to find that way. And when we speak of Jesus as Savior and his work in saving us, we are speaking of his work to deliver us, to rescue us, to help us, not to sell us fire insurance. In the book Incarnation, Adam Hamilton 
Hamilton shares that the word sin in Hebrew is kata, and in Greek, parabeta, meaning to stray from the path or to miss the mark. This implies that there is a right path, a mark, or an ideal that we are meant to follow as human beings, a path, a target, or a mark that we routinely struggle to remain upon or hit. The hymn, Come Now Fount of Every Blessing, nails us well when it states, I'm prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. In the New Testament, this predisposition or inclination to stray from God's path, our nature, and the actual act of straying, our actions, is what's called sin. Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, God, God's self, comes to save us from that and to offer to help us find a way back. The good news, therefore, isn't that we are sinners like those very conservative teachers and other students in my school try to, to make it sound like. The good news isn't that we're sinners. The good news is that Jesus is Savior. But what does he save us from? All of us, if we're honest, experience an existential crisis at some point in our lives. And some of us experience it at many points in our lives. These are the crisis moments where the question comes up about the meaning of our existence, of our self-worth. We wonder if there is any value to our living. In the beginning of the holiday season, and for several years back when I was called with the news that the middle-aged Sunday school teacher who was teaching my older adults in my last congregation, a very sweet man, a kind man, a man of strong faith, had decided to drive out of town on a country road on a Friday after Thanksgiving. He pull, pulled his sturdy old pickup truck over to the side of a sparsely traveled road in the next county and put a rifle in his mouth and pulled the trigger. In that instant, he ended, at least in his mind, a life that was a failure. Because you see, he had recently lost his job, a job he loved, because they had the downsides. But he understood it differently. It was because of age discrimination. But he believed he had failed his wife, his daughters, his grandchildren, his church, these older adults, somehow even his God. The one named Jesus, the Savior of God's people, came to people just like this saint of the church to save them from such lies. Sadly, my friend didn't believe that there was meaning nor peace for what he perceived as this meaningless life, and in despair, he ended it. At the visitation, and in several months past, many people would say, he apparently wasn't saved. His faith was weak. He committed the unpardonable sin. He's now in hell. Let me confess to you, my friends, sometimes I just want to slap members of the church. The amazing truth is that Jesus did save him. At that deepest moment of despair, he entered into the full embrace of the child of Bethlehem, the Prince of Peace, the Savior of the world. No, I don't believe it was the original plan. I know that 
this side, if you will, just as Jesus desires to save us from our hopelessness, our meaninglessness, our despair. The Savior comes to remind you, my friends, you and me, in those most darkest moments, those most meaningless of moments, most despairing of days, that He comes to save you, to remind you of your worth and your sacredness. All people matter to God. Those who fail, those who are chronically ill, those who struggle to make financial means meet, the mentally ill, the worn-out parent, the outsiders who have no place to go, the different, the lonely soul, the least, the last, the lost. Jesus comes to save those. The message of salvation to you is that you matter to God, and God loves you. Or as the theologian Paul Tillich wrote, all people were accepted by God. This is the essence of grace. In this acceptance, we can find meaning, we can find purpose, salvation, which will lead us to peace in our life. You are loved by God. Jesus comes to tell you that repeatedly. You are always forgiven by God. Jesus comes to show you that. You are valued by God. Jesus gives his life to prove that to you. And this Advent, Jesus comes to all of us anew, afresh, to bring that peace. No, life is not going to be without its problems or its heartaches or its troubles. I don't care how hard you may pray or hope, troubles do not stop coming. But Jesus keeps coming as well as Savior. And that can help us through these troubles that bring darkest of nights and move us toward the light. We must learn to trust and in trust find our peace in Jesus and the light that God wants to give us. He saves us from feeling meaningless, hopeless, and despair. He saves us to be loved and to love. One of my favorite Advent hymns is a poem written by Christina Rossetti that captures the truth of God's love for you and me. God sent Jesus to express that love, that peace of living that can be to all of God's children. You'll hear me say a lot that the gospel is not about you. It's about Jesus. And that's true. But in this case, it's about you today. Love come down at Christmas. Love, all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas, star and angel gave son. Love will be our token. Love be yours and love be mine. Love to God and all humanity. Love for plea and gift and sign. Advent is about you being loved, my friends. And you are loved regardless of what anyone else may tell you. You are loved regardless of how unloved you may feel at this moment. You are loved. You are saved by that love. And you are saved to love. To bring that love to others who will not ever know unless your love touches them. This is what brings peace to you and to the world. 
We must pass that love on to each person that we meet. And in so doing, we light the candle of peace for all who need to know that they are sacred and of holy one. In his concluding chapter on the Savior, Adam Hamilton writes these words. The angel told Joseph in a dream to give Mary's child the name Jesus. God says. The angels brought good news of great joy to the shepherds, telling them that day in the city of David was born a Savior. Jesus saves us from our sin, from our guilt, from our shame, from our despair, from our meaningless, from our darkness, from our unlovingness. He rescues us from that unlovinglessness, meaninglessness, and hopeless life. And in the end, it is the promise of the gospel that he will deliver us and save us from death. Therefore, we call him Savior this afternoon. This salvation can and will bring peace to our hearts and souls if we open ourselves to it. And embrace it. We can be assured that this child, the incarnation of the God of creation and of life, has saved us and always will. Let's live in that peace this advent. Let's live in it and let's share it. In the name of the loving God, our Savior Jesus, and the present always Spirit. Amen. Amen.